Welcome. Thanks for tuning in to The Arrow's Aim, where we bring positive spiritual perspectives that help you hit your target of living the Christian life. Ready. Aim. Grow. I want to talk with you for a little bit about what hooks people, what really brings people in when we think about our evangelism and our walk with Christ. Somebody once said the most powerful bait is real change. Let your hook always remain cast in the waters. In the places where you least expect it, there will be the fish. Everybody, everyone has a hook. But do you like to go fishing? Do you like it as a sport or as a hobby? Maybe your answer is no. Well, guess what? Me either. Uh, It's not anything that I ever really got into or was really trained and, and skillful in doing. And you'd think that when we talk about fishing, bait, hook, what hooks people, uh, this kind of thought would be focused all around how every aspect of our evangelism uh, is surrounded by the idea of somebody going out to the lake, casting their line, learning the art of patience, maybe of waiting and skill, all while fishing. But what we need to do right now is lay all these things aside as we think about the kind of evangelism that really hooks people. Real evangelism is nothing like fishing on the lake. And this art of sharing your faith is nothing like anything you'll learn to do outside of sharing the gospel itself, the good news. The gospel that saves lost and hurting people, brings them into a relationship with Jesus. With that being said, Jesus' words in Matthew 4.19 seem to go completely against what we just talked about. It reads, And he said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So the question is, what did Jesus do there? It seems that he wants all people to perceive evangelism for Christ to reflect the idea of fishing. Wrong. It's far from the truth that we need to learn about hooking people in. Think about what the men were doing at this exact moment when he, Jesus, spoke to them. They were casting a net into the water, trying to catch fish, And Jesus taught them a valuable lesson about their need to trust in him to provide the fish when it doesn't seem possible that they're going to find any. This was Jesus' hook at this moment that he knew would catch their attention. For a Christian that understands that fishing for men is completely different than what we understand about uh, physical fishing alone, they're going to understand and learn to win souls in their ability to catch people's attention, no matter their hobbies, no matter their interests, no matter their differences. To fish for men, you don't cast your hook out only when you see a fish or a lost person. People can sense fake or forced efforts to push this religion on them. What we do to fulfill the Great Commission given in Mark 16, 15, which says we need to go into all the world proclaiming the gospel to all creation as disciples is constant. It's a consistent message. It's got to be intentional in the way we go about doing it. We're talking about a lifestyle that seeks people every moment of every day and is always ready for a conversation with people about our faith. This is a key difference between religion versus spirituality. What I like to call a spiritual evangelist, somebody who understands this art of reaching lost people like Jesus shows. A spiritual evangelist always leaves his hook in the waters of the world and simply knows when to change the type of bait 
that they're using to catch someone's attention in the moment. But we remain the same, and our goal never changes, no matter what our hook might be for a certain group or a person in a conversation. Sometimes it simply involves living a holy life set apart that's going to stand out from what people are used to seeing. However, many times it will take a very intentional effort and conversation that will hook someone and cause them to want to hear more about what you believe. It doesn't matter if someone near you is literally fishing or if they're eating, if they're drawing, if they're playing a video game, if they're scrolling through social media on a phone. If you know how to catch their attention in a conversation, Christ will use in that moment, uh, use you directly to lead them to a relationship with them. We're talking about fish food. And so when thinking about creating moments of time with people of all shapes, all sizes, and backgrounds, we must take notice of what tool has been used by God, Christ, and all disciples throughout history to reach people and share their beliefs with them. Providing food to people and sharing a meal with them is what we're talking about right here, right now. Sharing a meal with people is central to the gospel, and it will hook people. I mean, think about it. What miracle did Jesus perform in Mark 6 that hooked over 5,000 people at one time? He fed them a meal. How was the communion begun? Which is still observed today, each and every Sunday. Jesus used a meal in Matthew 26 with those closest to him to hook them in and help them understand that he was going to be killed for the sins of all and that the bread and the cup was to be a constant memorial of his body and sacrifice for everyone since that day. This meal is still hooking the world every Sunday to this day. The point is not the food alone here. It's what a meal with other people represents, what it means. To share a meal with somebody creates a comfortable atmosphere, a personal experience, a meaningful conversation. A meal also fulfills this dual purpose, the second goal. We fill a physical need people have to be sustained with food so that then they may be able to hear us out when we make a point to talk about the gospel with them, which will sustain them for eternity. Who in your world right now can you ask to join you for a meal today? It could be the very hook that brings them in, gives you an opportunity to feed them the spiritual food they're so desperately longing for. As a youth minister, which is my job, it's what I do, it's my passion. As a youth minister, without fail, if you plan an event that involves feeding teenagers, you will have a crowd that closely resembles the 5,000 of Mark chapter 6. If it's pizza, burgers, or even a bag of chips, uh, to quote a famous movie reference, if you will feed them, they will come. It doesn't matter if it's a service project, a Bible study, or just a night of fun and games. If food is there, people come. Think about it. In anything, even visitors I've never seen before will show up hungry for a meal and open to whatever's planned. I want to encourage you, whether you are a minister, whether you are an aspiring minister, or even a teenager with an allowance, there's no better investment in your ministry to Christ than to offer a meal to people in order to reach them with Jesus. It will create opportunity that may not exist otherwise, and that's what evangelists always seek to do. Confidence is something that hooks the soul. 
1 Peter 3.15, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Confidence in what you believe is perhaps the greatest hook you will ever have in your lifetime. All of mankind desires to have confidence in their beliefs, purpose in life, destination after this life is over. All of mankind also has questions about God and their souls that need answering. Everyone alive today is looking to fill a gap in their lives and their soul that only God can fill. Some have referred to this as the God-sized hole found within everyone. I would agree with that for myself and for all that I have come in contact with throughout my ministry, without having their God-sized hole filled by God alone, people never get the chance to experience what love really is, what confidence really means. The catch is that we are the ones that are sent out into the world by God to help them fill it. Some people need evangelism that involves using the tools of reason and of logic and knowledge in order to reach people and hook them in to what else God has to say about salvation, uh, the Christian life, and more. Their needs and questions could consist of ideas like science in the Bible, uh, creation and God, or Jesus compared to other religious figures that have existed. What really uh, gets anyone hooked, both young people and elderly alike, if you had one aspect of the relationship you are building between yourself and the person you're about to dive into a spiritual conversation with, what one aspect is the, of the greatest importance to get them and keep them interested in what you have to share? It's the ability you learn and demonstrate to ask the urgent and the probing questions, the ones that really matter, that cut to the heart, that get to the point, the ones that are real with people, transparent, an evangelist of all ages must be able to cut to the chase within any study of God's Word or someone's relationship with Christ. This involves topics on salvation, uh, not avoiding uh, bringing, bringing up baptism with them, and effective and true worship that the Christian brings to God. These, these ideas, these topics are kind of intimidating to bring up in today's world and culture and a reputation of division and negligence to what the Bible calls us to do to obey God. There's a lot of mixed messages out there, and it's tough to be real and transparent with people that may have a lot of confusion in their past. To be as effective as possible when cutting to the chase in a spiritual conversation, an evangelist must use words that everyone can relate to. Think about it. Take time for yourself to put what you study in God's Word into words that people you are reaching out to can easily understand, especially if they don't have a strong religious background. If they can't understand it, what you're telling them, because you're not speaking in words and in terms that A, matter to you, and B, make sense to them, they'll never be hooked by it. The Apostle Paul was an expert at this as he stood in what's known as the Areopagus to make a case for the unknown God in Athens, his audience was full of great thinkers, of scholars, and authoritative figures. However, Paul was able to make a hooking case to everyone present for this spiritual conversation because he used things of that time and they all could relate to in order to 
better understand a few major things about the true God. From poetry, from their present age, to their statue of their gods, using reason and logic all along, Paul's able to hook in a group of people that may never have been reached out to without Paul's boldness to cut to the chase and ability to use terms that the audience could easily and quickly understand. We're talking about real conversation here. Uh, and we're talking about this idea that our faith is not a gimmick. It's not a marketing scheme. It's not something to quickly draw people in and make a sale and then go away and on to the next one. It's not a gimmick. You've probably seen a bad commercial before. An advertisement that claims to have the best product in the entire world that you have never heard of before, right? There are a lot of gimmicks in the world. These are tactics that make someone that really isn't all that appealing look exciting and useful by persuading people to buy into a product or a service, whether it's using a respected athlete of that time, a singer or an actor to endorse the product, or giving a a satisfaction guarantee. People can sometimes be convinced or hooked into buying something that they normally wouldn't even want or desire or even like because of the use of gimmicks. And we must never let our evangelism and outreach to those around us become surrounded by gimmicks that attempt to trick people into buying what we're selling. We have, uh, we have to have a healthy perspective on what we're sharing with people and what our motivation is to evangelize in the first place. It cannot be about winning, about bragging, or dunking people under the water to add uh, to our running tally. Uh, the good news about what we are pursuing waiting people about is that we really do have all the reason and evidence to claim that we have the best thing in the world to offer them a relationship with Christ Jesus to forgive them of their sins it's been said give a man a fish and he'll be full for a little while but give him a pole give him a pole and teach him to cast it and he and his family will never go hungry again And it's one version of an age-old illustration of the importance of being able to provide and lead for yourself and your family in order to provide over time instead of just a temporary comfort or having a full belly for just one meal but starving for the rest. This is the spiritual equivalent of owning your faith, which is all of mankind's most valuable ability that will ever exist. What is it, though, that brings about this kind of confidence in believing what is shared to us? What is it? You know, what hooks people? What hooks people in and causes them to begin to own their faith and study to have confidence in sharing this faith with others, which is our goal in evangelism, just as it's laid out in 2 Timothy 2, 2. It says, And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so I would argue, I would say that along with reason and logic, personal experience is the most valuable hook involved in someone bringing to own, in someone beginning to own their relationship with Christ personally. When you you get to test a product that you may want to buy, you're not sure, but you want to try it out before you buy it. It goes a lot farther in causing you to want to make a purchase if Uh, You get to try it out and use it for yourself before you completely are sold. How does an evangelist invite someone to try it for yourself, spiritually speaking? Uh, This is probably one of the most overlooked components of evangelism that many lack because 
It's all about the follow-through with someone and going the extra mile to help someone come meet Jesus for themselves. It's all about the invitation. When you invite somebody to come visit your congregation and worship with you, and maybe your family as well, do you follow through to the best of your ability to get them there with you? Make them feel like they're a part of your family while they're there. Introduce them to your friends, your Christians, uh, your, your family, your church family when they visit so that they can become better connected to the church there. And then even ask them to lunch with you afterwards to talk about their experience. Like I said, this piece of the puzzle takes more intentionality than maybe all of the rest combined. It's second mile service. Matthew 5, verse 41, reminds us to not only carry a relationship one mile, but to take the initiative to carry it a second mile as well without being asked. That's how souls are won for Christ, and real faith-owning salvation occurs today. That's how. This world promises uh, things to people like belonging. This world would promise fame and power to anyone that will buy something that the world is selling to them whether it's porn, drugs, money, popularity, it all ends the same. Once a person buys into it, the world abandons them yet again to deal with their own sin, their own loneliness and hurt. Then enter, enter into the picture an evangelist. You, this is who we're talking about. You, offering forgiveness through Christ, the unconditional love of God, a family to belong to in the church and a relationship with a group of imperfect people, your congregation. This is counterculture, counter-world, and life-changing stuff that people want to have. And you are the hook that gets the honor and the privilege to introduce them to Jesus, to the Jesus that makes it all possible for them. If you are willing to begin a conversation with someone today, why would we not see it through by personally making sure that they have the best personal experience possible and get a true glimpse into what heaven will be like by worshiping, by loving, and welcoming them into your family. Invite them. See to it they can get to your congregation. Treat them like your own family while they're there. Introduce them to all of your friends. Follow up with a meal afterwards. You just may be the only hook that they ever see for the kingdom. And you've got to do whatever is within your control to present the most transparent, real, truthful, joyful, and loving representation of the church possible in order to win a lost soul to Christ. Be sure to enjoy this process as we close this thought before we move into the next. This, this is a huge piece to our hooking people, and our evangelism. You've got to be sure to enjoy this process and make it, make it a part of just who you are all day long. Keep that hook cast no matter what. You just may catch a fish. You just may catch a fish in the most unexpected places and at the most unexpected times, and that's evangelism that works. Thanks for tuning in to The Arrow's Aim where we bring positive spiritual perspectives that help you hit your target of living the Christian life. Ready. Aim. Grow. Grow.